If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. Interviews, news, and views. You're listening to State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Welcome to State of the Nation. How are you today? Happy Monday. It is January the 22nd right here. I'm Brian McLean broadcasting live out of Central Texas for today's News Talk TNT. I'm joined by my wonderful co-host Steve Hook out of the Jersey Shore. Steve, happy Monday. Welcome to State of the Nation. Yeah, man. It's good to be with you. Very happy Monday to you, Hesha. Pretty big news weekend, as it turns out. Usually the weekends kind of go by without a whole lot happening, but uh, I couldn't help but notice that Jason Kelsey took his shirt off and was congratulating. I'm only kidding. (laughs) Although that was huge. (laughs) That's big sports news. But yeah, wow, what a week, man. And we've we've got a lot to talk about today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my phone was dinging all weekend, and I couldn't help but uh, pick up the doom scroll here and there and saw that Ron DeSantis uh, pulled out of the race and endorsed Trump. So we're definitely going to address that later in the program today. Um, but I wanted to get this out to you, Steve, before we uh, get to our first wonderful guest here, um, Alex Soros. Okay, so get ready for this. First off, uh, we're not saying George Soros as much anymore because he is an ancient Skeksy that needs to, you know, do whatever Skeksis do when they end their lives. And his son <laughs> is the new Skeksy. Um, so Alex Soros tweeted out this picture. Um, it's a bullet hole in some glass and some money equaling 47. Does, does that sound somewhat odd to you, Steve? Uh, yeah, it sounds quite odd to me. But knowing, knowing um, the whole Soros clan, especially Alex, the son, he has come out and stated very publicly, he goes, if you think my dad was a leftist, you ain't seen nothing yet. So he is, this guy is dyed in the wool Marxist. Sounds like a revolutionary Stalinist in a way with that picture. But um, he's going to, you know, just when we thought, well, George Soros, thankfully, will be uh, not walking the mortal coil for too much longer. And, and in comes Alex. The Uber Red Sun. Uh, we may have been better with George, but we'll see how this plays out. Yeah, it seems like a yeah. threat, though. Yeah. Um, so, as posted up at uh, Gateway Pundit by Jim Hoff, he says they want him gone no matter the cost. President Trump is up in the polls, and the Republican base is coalescing around him. DeSantis, his most formidable primary challenger, dropped from the race and endorsed President Trump just yesterday. The globalist elites are in a panic. Trump is the greatest threat to their power over humanity. You know, uh, that kind of thing that we usually see here. But Alex Soros uh, definitely uh, facing some scrutiny. I would say well-earned scrutiny there. Uh, with Along with the image he tweeted out, last year the crime and inflation crises largely evaporated. So did leading theories about what had caused them. That is hilarious, Steve. I mean, uh, does he really think people will take that seriously? Like, that's just, wow. I don't know, man. tweeting to? You've got to be traveling in a very tight bubble to believe that. Uh, I just, um, you know, I'm sure this is the one thing I would say, Hesher, is that no doubt Merrick Garland's DOJ and Biden's Secret Service is investigating Alex Soros. I know that that is happening. He said, tongue firmly planted in cheek. Um, yeah, no, this is going to be ignored. And uh, then if anybody makes an issue out of it, KJP is going to make some snide remark and then it'll be forgotten about. But Alex Soros is somebody that everybody needs to be watching. Um, and I would suspect that if Trump does get back inside, he'll be watched ever closer. One could hope. And the American public should be interested in this as well, Steve. We should all be watching that person, and more importantly, that organization and all of the organizations that it touches, the Open Society Foundation, everything that touches, they all have their little dirty little globalist fingers in in the pot and the pie and everything that is cooking around us right now to include the open border issue, to include all the money, you know, maybe not all of it, but I would wager a substantial amount of that NGO money that goes into these projects. I mean, it would just be uh, 
the an amazing investigation to pull those threads. You know, if you had a team of financial experts and lawyers, uh, you know, and and cybersecurity people to pull these threads and see, you know, where does the, where does the money start and where does it end? What does that train look like between when a government issues money to an NGO? And then you've got, you know, uh, 250,000 illegal aliens walking around with uh, brand new iPhones while you and I are out there spending the thousand dollars for one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th that might be a clue. Um, you know, I, that might be a clue is where the money's going. And I would also state that um, uh, Soros, you know, the father, he's not allowed in quite a few countries. Uh, in fact, one thing that Putin said about George Soros years ago now, it's probably been almost a decade. He said, George Soros is free to visit Moscow, but he should know that he will never leave Moscow. Um, a lot of people don't like George Soros because George Soros has made his money by manipulating currency and destroying economies. He's continuing to do that. He's, his work is uh, obviously ramped up here in the States. We are the gateway that holds the entire Western uh, hemisphere together and to a larger extent, the Western world. And if George Soros could destroy the United States of America... Uh, his, uh, you know, his evil plan will be, uh, will have been fulfilled. I, I think that that whole, I think it's all nonsense, but the Democrat party is going to get behind Soros and his money because so much of his money gets behind them. And isn't it interesting how many undemocratic things he's been behind, but we'll shelf that, save it for another time. We could go down a rabbit hole. If you missed your favorite <laughs> TNT show or interview, simply listen back when you want, wherever you want. All you have to do is visit TNT's website. We're also on all the major podcast platforms. So Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Podbean, iHeart, TuneIn, uh, Rumble, YouTube, Odyssey. So there's no reason to miss out on anything on TNT. Getting straight to the facts. Enough with the lies. We need facts. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, former Trump advisor Sebastian Gorka has dropped some clues on Trump's potential next vice president, which has all of a sudden become a much more interesting topic as some of those people have just dropped out of the race against Donald Trump. So uh, we're pretty excited to go through the list of names here and get an opinion and analysis from the host of WMAL's All-American Book Club and the founder of EdenGordonMedia.com. Eden Gordon, uh, welcome back. To, it's great to have you, Eden Gordon Hill, here on State of the Nation. Welcome back. So I'm looking at what's happened over the weekend. Ron DeSantis backed out. I guess, are we going to have to, first off, I have a very important question. Do we need to stop saying Ron DeSanctimonious now that he has endorsed Trump? Are we going to go back to DeSantis? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Good to be back with you guys here on this Monday afternoon. Yeah, you know what, Brian? My phone was buzzing off the hook yesterday with yeah. Ron DeSanctimonious no longer being Ron DeSanctimonious. Glad he's back in Florida. Glad he's back in the sunny state of Florida. He said something about being warm in the sunny state of Florida. And I guess all the cold of Iowa and New Hampshire has gotten to him a little bit. But, uh, you know, I'm glad to see him there. And I'm also glad to see my boss in New Hampshire. And I'm glad to see some great New Yorkers around him and supporting him as he is up in that territory. And, you know, I, I listen to WABC along with TNT, along with WMAL. But having lived in New York and breathed the air, the dirty air of New York and the politics in New York, I listen to ABC all the time. And, you know, I hear Elise Stefanik's name nonstop. I hear Lee Zeldin's name nonstop. And then you see in between the Kansas City Chiefs last night and the Buffalo Bills last night, you see images of DeSantis, or not DeSantis, of Trump with Stefanik and Zeldin. And you sit there and wonder, huh, people are dropping hints. It's all over the news. It's all over the news. So, you know, I'm sitting here saying, I would love to see Elise Stefanik because she went to Harvard. She doesn't necessarily put that out there. And she took Harvard down on the committee. And she also will, she is from upstate New York, from a state that is basically communist. Let's just put it out there. And she stands <laughs> up for the freedom of Americans. And she stands up for our military and our veterans. She knows how to say it. She knows how to talk it. She's been in the White House, not the den of the devil now, but she's been in the White House working in the Bush administration. Or, or you have Lee Zeldin, who is a, you know, he served in the United States Army, go Army, beat Navy. 
And you also have his historic background running for Congress, running for governor of the great state of New York. So you have some great content, great contenders, right? You have some great contenders for this position uh, to run along Trump, but you need somebody that can handle and have thick skin. So which one is it? Well, I, you know, hey, uh, Eden, it's great to see you. I, I you know, which one is it? I guess we're going to find out before long because I suspect that after tonight or after tomorrow night, rather, uh, I wouldn't be at all surprised if Nikki decides to bow out before she gets yes. blown out in her own home yes. state. Uh, and, and then, yeah. And then, of course, the VP will, uh, the VP announcement will probably come, I would think, relatively shortly after that as we gear into the general election mode. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. I think Lee Zeldin ran a hell of a uh, race. For governor, mm-hmm. he just barely lost in New York. I mean, he should have won. God knows he should have won. Hochul has mm-hmm. been a disgrace. But uh, that said, um, and plus he's got a little bit of national name recognition given his stint in the Congress. Okay. Uh, you know, Seb Gorka put out an interesting piece and uh, Hesh had linked to it. And he lists a whole bunch of people, including, by the way, congratulations to Tim Scott, recently engaged yesterday. Yes. He got engaged. Uh, yes. I think Tim Scott would be a great choice. Uh, I've often said uh, Christy Nome in in uh, yes. is going to maybe get the nod, um, but what do you think Trump needs? Does he need to get a because Gorka's piece seems to indicate that it's going to be a guy, uh, mm-hmm. and it's a guy that we haven't talked about much yet, and it's mm-hmm. a guy that is a great patriot. These all little little threads that you can pull on and figure out who he's mm-hmm. talking about here sounds mm-hmm. a little bit like Lee Zeldin, doesn't it? It does a little bit, but I'm going to go back to your original question. What does Trump need around him? Yeah. And and having served in that administration and looking around and seeing all the powerful women around him, Trump's smart. He surrounds himself with powerful women. And it's not the woman versus the man thing, but he really does lend itself to saying, okay, they are really tapped into whether it's education, whether it's the abortion issue, the pro-life issue, saving the babies issue, whether it is the military, the veteran piece, and nothing against Lee Zeldin. And that's great if Zeb's doing that. I can't wait to see Zeb at NRB convention in next month because I know he's gonna be there. So I can't wait to actually hear and hear his threaded aspect in this article. I did not get to read it, but I will say this, having seen what Trump did, he was so strategic in his choice of everyone he picked during that administration. And a lot of them were women. Look at Sarah Huckabee Sanders. If I were a betting woman right now, people, you left her name out. But I always thought Christy Nome. I love Carrie Lig, but I can't help but think Sarah Huckabee Sanders is going to have a piece to this administration. And nothing against, again, nothing against Lee Zeldin. think he's great, but his name isn't as national as a lot of these other people were talking about. He is known on the Northeast and the 95 corridor. You're Hook, you and I both know him because of where we are and where we're from and where we live. But, you know, on the other side of the country, is his name really going to be resonating with people like these other governors, like Sarah Huckabee, like Noam have been doing across the nation? Their name is recognized because of them being governor. He did not make it by sliver. I wish he would have. But I still think these other women, but these other leaders, by merit are bringing something just a little bit more to the table. And those are the threads I want to pull from knowing Trump and his strategy previously. Yeah. Yeah. Eden, let me ask you this. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to list a couple of high profile names that a lot of people keep talking about that may not be likely, but I want to hear if you think any of these carry some weight. Vivek, number one, Uh, Mike Pompeo, number two, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and a couple you mentioned, Carrie Lake, and let's mm-hmm. throw Mike Flynn and Tucker Carlson in there as well. I think those would be some names that would really, you know, th- there's a lot of um, uh, like fantasy football going around about some of these yeah. names. Are any of the, are Absolutely. any of those uh, legit? Well, I don't know if they're legit, but when you say Tucker Carlson, yeah, absolutely, that would be one of the best tickets ever. 
You have someone who has fought for President Trump, who has stood up to the mafia of the media saying, you do not raid a president's house. I mean, he has fought back that the Fox mafia, if you will. And I really appreciate that. I knew Tucker years ago and having worked with him, I have a high respect for that man. And I love how he puts it out there. So that would be fun. Absolutely fun. Mike Flynn, great American. Carrie Lake, she can put it to you. She can educate those reporters like nobody's business, and she will not be afraid to do it. And I love what she has done up to this point. I think she'd have more power serving along the president of the United States. You know, the Senate is one thing, but being the vice president of the United States is a whole completely another thing. And at the end of the day, God forbid something happened to our commander in chief. We want somebody who understands the military, who understands what it is to protect the borders. And she coming from the great state of Arizona would get that. So I think she's another great one to consider. All right. You know, so I, no I, instant dequalifications there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I have full respect for him. I remember him when I was working in the halls of Congress. So he is a great man. I'm thankful. All the names that you have listed, great Americans. I never want to diminish their service to this nation. And I never ever, I always want to thank each and every person who has served this nation, whether it's been in the halls of Congress, running alongside members of Congress, whether it's been serving in the Oval Office. I served in the belly of the beast. That's what I call it. Office of Personnel Management, belly of the beast. And <laughs> I just want to thank everybody who has served. And I'm excited to see what God has in store for this 2024 election. I, I have a hope and a future and our nation has a hope and a future to see this what is going to happen next, no matter what. Yeah. Well, I got to say, Eden, um, if you want to see the left and the media go absolutely even more apoplectic than they already have, uh, Trump needs to pick Tucker. Could you imagine? <laughs> they would absolutely lose it. Well, listen, Eden Gordon Hill, as always, we thank you for being a part of the show. It's always a pleasure to see you. Great way to start the week with you. Uh, so thanks for joining us today. Uh, just a reminder, you can check out EdenGordonMedia.com. That's EdenGordonMedia.com. And of course, don't forget Sunday's show on WMAL All-American Book Club, Eden Gordon Hill. Have a wonderful day and thank you for joining us today. We'll talk to you real soon. Absolutely. You guys have a great week. I'll see you soon. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. There she goes. You're watching State of the Nation, and we'll be right back on TNT right after this. TNT's Jeremy Nell. Nice comment here from Rebecca. She says, the youngest people um, I work with are a bit more mature, but their interactions with the public is stifled, and she's referring to the excessive use of cell phones and social media and how it's making them so antisocial also. The business is open six days a week. One of his staff members formally requested that they shouldn't, you know, that they could they be given permission not to have to work on Wednesdays so that they could help at the dog shelter. Now, as you know, I'm a dog lover. I have hunting dogs. I've got dogs coming out of my ears, my Malinois. And this dog, this Malinois is bright even by Malinois standards. She can do crossword puzzles. Is lying under my desk at the moment, feeling sorry for herself because she's just come on heat for the first time and she's completely bewildered. She doesn't know why she's bleeding to death. It's not about whether it's a good or a bad thing to work at animal shelters. That's a delightful thing. It's a noble thing to do. But who in their right minds goes to their boss and says, would you mind? I'd rather not work on Wednesdays if it's okay because I've got other priorities in a, in a town down the road. Jeremy now on today's News Talk. TNT. When you can point me to an industry, to a platform that reaches 250 million people a month, virtually nine out of 10 Americans, that's real, that's substantive, that's important. And that reach and that touch point and that daily reinforcement, it's an amazing place to be able to communicate messages. That's massive. To find out more, go to TNTradio.live. Today's News Talk Radio. I do a lot of streaming radio. I do a lot of free streaming. TNTradio.live.
All right. Well, as campaign season is in full swing, we look to the crowded feel in the Virginia Senate race. As you know, Tim Kaine's seat is ripe for the picking, and there's never been a better year for it. Now, the slate of candidates running for his seat will soon be winnowing down a bit, I would wager. Last week, we spoke with Jonathan Emord. He's running for the uh, seat. We recently spoke with Eddie Garcia. He is also running for that seat. Uh, and today, we check in with Hung Kao again. Uh, Hung, welcome back to State of the Nation, man. It's good to see you. And I just wanted to say, I was kind of doing a little perusing before we came on the air and looking at your financials. It would appear that you are the Republican front runner, uh, and the primary is coming up in June. Now that that may have been old data I got, but you're doing pretty well on the fundraising end of things. Uh, how are you set for the uh, for the big primaries in uh, in June? Oh no, thanks. Yeah, I mean, we. Uh, I don't know if your numbers go all the way up to uh, December thirty first because I don't think those numbers come out until the end of January because it's end of year. But we did crush it in uh, the fourth quarter, which is the hardest quarter to raise money in for uh, for any candidate. And again, it's. I hate to say it's all, all about money, but it really is because I can't knock on eight point four million doors. And so, you know, the best way to do to get your message out there is to to uh, get commercials and send mailers and everything out there. But other than that, that's that's really the status of where we are. Um, getting on the ballot for Virginia is the hardest thing possible. You have to have 10,000 signatures, 400 from each of the 11 congressional districts. And uh, so a lot of people throw their name out there until they realize the, the Mount Everest they have to climb. Uh, even Rick Santorum, 2012, couldn't get on the ballot as a for president uh, because he couldn't get the number of signatures. Yeah, Amazing. I remember that. Where do you find the most uh, effective route to do that is? Let's let's talk to the aspiring politicians out there. Like, is it in Facebook ads? Is it is it you know fists on doors knocking? Like, where where do you get the most traction when you're trying to accomplish this? Uh, to to do the. Um... Uh, uh, signatures, you have to have a, a ground game. You have to have a little army of people that go around and and tell your story and, and have, you know, uh, palm cards ready to go and tell a little bit about yourself. And so that's that's the big thing for, for signatures. Now, once we go into the elections, uh, you know, that's impossible. So that's why we need the commercials. But right now, you need an army of people. So we've already secured the second district, the uh, fourth district, and the tenth district. And we've got two more that's all, almost all sewed up. But I mean, right now we have about 8,600, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 5,600 uh, signatures. So that's well over half the amount of signatures required that we've already verified ourselves. You can't just, you know, uh, Ronald Reagan's word, which is you you have to trust but verify. So every like 10th one or so, we call those people and ask them, hey, did you just sign uh, a, a uh, ballot petition for this hot Asian guy in Northern Virginia? And they say yes. <laughs> and I'm sure that's exactly the way you ask them that question. Uh, <laughs> So essentially what you're saying, Hung, is that what you need is you need a very strong uh, ground team, a street team, and you got to pound on a lot of doors because it may not sound like a lot, 400 signatures from each district. Well, good God, you had all the districts up and that's a whole lot of doors you got to knock on. Uh, and I guess that kind of leads to the next step as we get closer to the primary. Now, when do you have to be certified by before the primary? Is it April or something? Yes, yes, April. April, I believe the uh, uh, 18th is the, the drop dead date. But, you know, we're we're on track to finish all of our signatures by middle of February. So I'll just be sitting there with a stack wow. of signatures uh, until March 18th is the earliest I can submit it. Wow. And then, well, that's, and that's what, great. Yeah, that is amazing. And then what happens next? Once once you're at that point, you've got, you know, a number of weeks until that next phase. What do you do? You start working advertising at that point or is advertising already going uh, right now over television and radio? No, no. Again, you know, uh, people are for this for short attention span. If you keep inundating the ways with uh, with who you are, people, they're just going to get tired and they're going to they're going to either get um, again, they'll just get jaded and like, OK, I'm, I'm tired of hearing about this guy. Uh, so we we want to wait till around April and May before the June primary. But again, I think by that time you have maybe two or three people on the the ballot, and not 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 the eight people that that have uh, decided to throw their name in there. Yeah, yeah. So in other words, as you get closer to certification day, and especially as you get closer to primary day, which I think is mid June, 
uh, the, the field will uh, have really winnowed down. Uh, and then you kind of just keep your powder dry until then. In the meantime, I guess it's all about fundraising and uh, and doing meet and greets and and talking to the voters. Uh, am I am I correct in that assumption there? Yes, sir. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, the fundraising is the most important part, but uh, meet and greets are really important. Also, this uh, this is the Tet celebration right now. It's the Lunar New Year. So I've spent really the last weekend and the next few weekends uh, meeting voters uh, from the Asian communities around the the Northern Virginia area, and and then we also have a big event down in uh, uh, in Virginia Beach where I spent eight years of my career, and then Roanoke where my in laws uh, live for. For 22 years and so we have this trifecta right i live in northern virginia i've spent a lot of time in in uh, virginia beach and then my in-laws lived in roanoke so this big triangle and and we just hit that big triangle we go around and we hit everything in between as well hung you seem like the kind of guy that would be really popular in virginia beach i went to virginia beach for work once and i really liked it i thought that was an interesting place and it seems like I mean, I didn't get to visit the entire state, but I did spend enough time there to be like, all right, this this is a this seems like a, a part of the state that really knows what's going on. Now, um, we're we got a headline inbound here, so we're going to switch to a headline just for a moment, and then when we come back, I want to ask you. Um, you know, last time we spoke, we were talking a little bit about the border. We were talking about what's important to people in your district. Um, in your state. And uh, I would like to pick that up again and and see, you know, what you're hearing from people on the ground right here. So hang with us while we do this headline and we'll pick up right there on State of the Nation at today's News Talk. Here's what's making news. news. TNT Radio News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. On Sunday, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis withdrew from the race for the Republican presidential nomination and endorsed the current frontrunner, former U.S. President Donald Trump. Russian President Vladimir Putin has shown interest in visiting Pyongyang, as reported by North Korea's state news agency KCNA on Sunday. The International Monetary Fund has released a new report indicating that nearly 40% of jobs worldwide could be influenced by the advent of artificial intelligence. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab, or Getter? Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. All right, Hung for VA is the website of our guest, Hung Chow. Uh, Hung, tell me this. Uh, what else are you hearing? I mean, I'm, I always want to hear what my fellow citizens are thinking about the border. I think about this every day. I know a lot of people do, but I also know that we t- discussed that last time. So anything new on that and any other topics that you're hearing just over and over again from citizens of Virginia? Well, again, uh, I know the Democrats keep pushing the abortion issue and, you know, I'm running for U.S. Senate and my, that, that, the, uh, you know, Dobbs decision already decided this is a states' rights issue. I'm running for U.S. Senate, and so our job is to really bolster the economy, to to protect this country, both on the streets, at the border, and and beyond our borders, right? And so we need a strong military. I mean, right now we've got the Houthis shooting uh, missiles at, at our ships, as well as our our commercial ships. The Iranians are backing them 100%. We have war in Israel. We have war in, in Ukraine. The Chinese are ready to pounce all over Taiwan. And the North Koreans are launching missiles that, that can hit the United States. And so the world is on fire under Joe Biden. And so you saw in your news clip earlier uh, just now that Ron DeSantis dropped out. I think the, the decision right now is pretty clear between Donald Trump and 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 Joe Biden. And for the first time in history, you have two people with the same rec- uh, you know resume different records. One person brought us peace and prosperity. The other person burned the, the world to the ground. And I think it's a, it's a pretty clear choice right now. Yeah. Well, when you put it in those terms, it's a very clear choice. Uh, and it helps that what you just said is completely true. Um, and, you know, it doesn't really help the country, but it helps make your point. I'm wondering, Hung, now that you're, uh, you're, you're really gearing up. I mean, I, I would say that with De, uh, DeSantis bagging out, and by the way, uh, Hesher, to your earlier point, uh, President Trump came out and said he has now retired DeSanctimonious. He will never use that word again. So okay. he'll never use that nickname again. So now we know. But w- with DeSantis uh, bagging out of the race, and here we are on the eve of the New Hampshire primary, um, 
It looks as if this may be the last hurrah for Nikki Haley. Do you suspect that Nikki Haley is going to call it a day if she doesn't get within 10, 12 points of Trump in second place? And maybe even then, what do you think? Remember in Dumb and Dumber, we're like, well, you're saying there's a chance, right? I mean, that's that's the thing. It's like people just keep thinking it's just there's a chance. But the the fact is, like, it's time for us to to rally behind the front runner so we don't waste any more money against Republicans. And I feel the same way in the, the U.S. Senate race. I mean, I'm already so far ahead of everybody. I've got, you know, I've raised a million and a quarter in, in just the first five months. We have wow. a lot of name brand across the, the Commonwealth of Virginia. And it's just, let's not waste money against each other. Let's rally behind the front runner, the person that, that you know is going to be the winner against Tim Kaine. Because, I mean, you contrast me with Tim Kaine, it's the same as contrasting Donald Trump with Joe Biden, right? I mean, you've got one person who's fought and bled for this country, and the other guy who's, you know, the only thing they remember is he got stuck on I-95 in a snowstorm with a bottle of Dr. Pepper, and that's it. That's all he's done for Virginia. And so let's... <laughs> Let's just get behind somebody that's going to beat Tim Kaine and and get this country right. Yeah, yeah. And how important is the Senate at this point? Because when I'm when I'm looking at the Senate and the way that they vote on stuff, I see a lot of things go through there where it's like, really, not one person is going to dissent. Like, I'm I'm actually concerned about proper, well-meaning Americans like yourself that are on their way there to to go try to be a part of this because I see people there go there with such great, you know, um, political platforms. And then they get there and it's like, all of a sudden the votes are all lockstep. I mean, what do you think is going on there and how do you plan to, you know, sort of uh, insulate yourself from that lockstep effect that we keep seeing? No, you're absolutely right. I mean, a lot of people make promises. I treat, Congress and everything like a nuclear weapon, right? You have a, there's three things that save you from a nuclear weapon. It's time, distance, and shielding. So time is right, time on target. Don't spend too much time there. Go back to your Commonwealth. And it's easy for me because I drive home an hour and, and I'm back at home every day with my biggest constituent, which is my wife. Distance, you know, like I said, you, you can't, you can't be too, too close to, to the problem all the time. You need to step back and be in your your district. And then shielding, I mean, you, you have to have that shield of faith and you have to have those people to to back you up and keep you accountable. And that's what I plan to do in, in Congress. And the, 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 the big thing in the Senate, honestly, is we have the power of the confirmations. You know, look at what President Trump was able to put into the Supreme Court. You know, conservative judges who are looking at the Constitution. I don't agree with all their decisions, but I'm, I know that for a fact that they are looking at the, the letter of law and, and the spirit of what this Constitution tries to say when they interpret the, the law. And that's what we need in there. Not just people that are like Kentaji Brown, who, who can't even tell you what a woman is, you know, like for crying out loud. You know, if you pee standing up, you're a man. If you pee sitting down, you're a woman. And, you know, it's, it's just really quite that simple. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you do have a little bit of Trump in you, I can tell. Uh, and let me just ask you this, uh, because as as we get closer to this, this is going to heat up more and more. Just how weak is Tim Kaine in Virginia? I mean, he's been around for God knows how long. Uh, and, you know, I, but I know I said in the run up here that his seat is ripe for picking. Just how ripe is it, Hung? I mean, what are the people in the Commonwealth of Virginia have to say about Tim Kaine? So Tim Kaine has never won an election on his own, okay? He he had to be pulled up by the bootstraps by Mark Warner to be lieutenant governor. He had to be pulled up again by boots, uh, by the bootstraps by, when Mark Warner left as a governor to be uh, the, the governor, right? Uh, and then in 2008, Barack Obama was going to pick him to be the, the uh, vice presidential nominee, but he... He was so terrible as a governor that they picked Joe Biden over Tim Kaine. I think we talked about that last time, right? So they put him in timeout as the DNC chairman, where he's shaking money trees everywhere. And then in 2012, uh, Barack Obama pulled him up to be the, the U.S. senator uh, in the Commonwealth of Virginia. 2018 was just a bad year. So Tim Kaine was going to retire this year. He had every intention of retiring. He had some, you know, a couple of health issues. But the problem is that they don't have a deep branch in Virginia either. So, you know, you have Elaine uh, Loria, who, who got voted out in the second district of Virginia. Uh, uh, Abigail Spanberg is running for governor, so they have no one else to turn to. So they forced his hand to run for, for U.S. Uh, Senate again. 
Uh, so I think he is very, very vulnerable. The only thing he has on his side is, is money. But I mean, look, look, he's kind of a goofy dude. I mean, it's just, you know, he's not he's not a bad guy. He's just kind of a goofy guy that just goes along and, and, and get along. But, uh, you know, he hasn't really brought anything to the Commonwealth of Virginia. Yeah, well, if uh, Joe Biden's beating you out, uh, that's 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 a tough one right there. That's really tough. Um, we're just about out of time here, but um, I'm curious if you have any comments uh, in parting about this whole concept of Trump being removed from the ballots. We noticed you were talking about that on your X page. Um, you said, is this a good thing for democracy? Or you referenced the New York Times article asking that. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts on this whole process? This is what a third world country does. I mean, I've been to 40 countries in the world. I mean, I ran away from communism. I mean, honestly, this is look, look at what Putin did to his uh, biggest, uh, you know, opponent. He threw him in the gulag. And so is that what we're doing right here? We're taking away people's rights to choose because he's the front runner. And that's it's wrong. And it's it shouldn't go in this country. Yeah, you're not kidding. I, I, I was going to say, Hung, before we let you go, we, I, I, I read that article you linked. And the thing that shocked me about that article wasn't even what was in the article. It was what followed the article. And it was four questions for students. So obviously this article is being used to teach in schools. And basically the questions were, Trump sucks. We know it. Why should he be removed from the ballot? Do you think Trump should be removed from the ballot? He is a danger to society. All this stuff was so leading in the way the New York Times does this. It's just, I mean, I, I know that doesn't have a lot of relevance to what we're talking about here, but it just kind of goes to show you the battle you're in here. Uh, these people at the New York Times and these people in the media, they don't they not only don't like Trump, they don't like anyone that would even drop Trump's name. I mean, what what kind of uh, problems are you having with the media? Any or are you getting along with them pretty well? Oh, yeah, we're, we're best buzz. We go drinking all the time. No, it's we, <laughs> we don't get along with the media. I mean, honestly, they, they report what they want to report. They they, they they dust everything over and they just, you, you know, I mean, they sprinkle rainbows and unicorns all over things. And it's just not the way it is. You know, the, everybody knows this country is, is headed for disaster right now, an economic downfall. We have 8 million illegal immigrants that are flooding our country, including tens of thousands of, of uh, military-aged male from China, Syria, Yemen. You know, we need to protect this country. That's our job. It's a federal government. And so, you know, go to hungforva.com and, and see what we're about because I need your help. I need your help in order to get, get your voice out there and I'll fight for you. I've, I've done it before and I'll do it again. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure to have you. Again, that's hungforva.com for the website. And remember, you don't have to be in VA to help out our friend here, uh, this, I keep saying this and I'm gonna keep driving this one home. When we have candidates like you for state senates, I think the whole nation needs to get behind you guys and help out. Like if you're feeling that help out because this, our problems are nationwide now. Uh, we're taking a good look at states' rights, but when it comes to the United States problems, my goodness, our senators are so important, so important. So uh, we, we really thank you for your time. And again, hungforva.com, hung chow, cow, sorry, C-A-O, underscore V-A on x.com. That's where you can really get involved and follow uh, Minute by Minute over there on X, formerly Twitter. Thank you so much, sir, for joining us here on State of the Nation. Best of luck, and we're looking forward to having you back for an update very soon. This is today's News Talk TNT. While serving in Vietnam, a grenade took my ability to see. Today, I'm a sculptor creating new visions. Now, my fingers are my eyes. As a veteran, I know the challenges of life can be great. In my art, turning a lump of clay into something beautiful, that means a lot to me. Life is like that. We each must use what we can to make things better. DAV helps veterans like Michael get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. Now, I show others how they can create something with their own hands. With support from DAV, more veterans can shape their lives into a thing of beauty. My victory is bringing beauty into the world. Michael Naranjo, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. What do I love about riding? It's the thrill. The excitement. 
riding gives me a sense of freedom. I feel so connected to the road. Riding is like therapy to me. It makes me feel alive. Love riding? Back off. The conversation continues with Brian McLean and Steve Hook at State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, you've probably heard by now the news came out last night. Uh, Ron DeSantis has uh, halted his his campaign and uh, endorsed Donald Trump. And as you know, if you've been, and I know you have, been watching State of the Nation here at today's News Talk, uh, one of our regulars, our, one of our very favorite guests, Ken Cuccinelli, has been running the uh, DeSantis Super PAC, and uh, he joins us now to discuss uh, the breaking events here. Ken, it's great to see you back here on State of the Nation. Uh, I see a smile on your face, and I'm happy to see that. I know there was some big news last night, so let's start off with the big news. How did this all come about? Were, were you there when these discussions went down, and what can you tell us? So since I'm in the Super PAC, I was absolutely not there when the decisions were made and the discussions were had. I found out about it when you did, when the video was released. Um, Though I started to get uh, hints of it because my phone lit up with reporters uh, who thought they knew what was coming. It turned out this time they were right. Um, But look, the governor went out of this race, keeping his promise the same as he's done with Florida voters. He has kept every single promise he made to Florida voters. And when he got in this race, he said he would support the Republican nominee. That is clearly going to be Donald Trump now. And the governor has said he's going to support him for president. And, you know, that that's uh, you can't ask people to do more than than keep their word. And in politics, no one's kept it with a higher percentage than Ron DeSantis because you can't. Uh, He's literally done everything he's promised to do. And for people like me who were motivated to support him uh, because he is the most accomplished chief executive, conservative chief executive in yours and my lifetime, literally every issue you might care about, protecting life, marriage, family, children, debt, taxes, Second Amendment, He has done more on all of those issues than virtually any other chief executive of our lifetime. The list goes on, beating the teachers unions and the woke left over and over, uh, actually changing public higher ed and moving them off of indoctrination and back to education. It's an incredible track record that literally nobody can come close to touching. I'm sorry that America isn't going to get the national version of it after the 2028 election, but I have high, I'm sorry, the 2024 election, I actually hope they will after the 2028 election. And uh, Ron DeSantis, a young man, he's the next generation of conservative leadership in America. And I have every expectation that after his very successful governorship, most successful governorship in America in our lifetimes, Um, He will once again, I hope, be a candidate for president. He hasn't said anything to me. I don't have any special info, but he ran so solidly. And for example, I spoke at one of the caucuses in Iowa and I talked to Trump voters and I talked to other people speaking on behalf of DeSantis in other parts of Iowa. You know who really loves DeSantis is Trump voters. Um, Our data showed and these conversations validated that DeSantis voters number two pick is Trump and Trump's number two pick, Trump voters number two pick was DeSantis. And um, Trump himself noted how similar many of their policy positions are um, when he was announcing to his folks in New Hampshire that DeSantis had stepped out and endorsed him. And uh, so do I wish that Ron DeSantis was going to be the next president of the United States. I absolutely do. And I don't think there's another person better suited right now to lead America, but that is not going to happen. Um, I think he correctly said there's not a realistic path forward. And I appreciate him respecting all of us who've been working so hard for so long and donating money and so forth to not linger, to not drag it out, Um, get back to being the best governor, uh, in America 
full-time minus being a dad and a husband. Um, and, and we'll see you in the future. And I fully expect because Florida is still considered the largest swing state, he's going to play a very important role in 2024. Yeah, Ken, you know, when, when the announcement was made last night, the first person I thought of actually was you, uh, to be honest with you. You're very kind. Uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we've just had you on the program so much and you've, uh, you're obviously done a great job of carrying the mantle forward for uh, governor DeSantis. I think you just kind of hit on one of the problems though. And that is that he was so much like Trump in his policy that voters were kind of left with, well, well then why don't I go with the original? I, I heard governor DeSantis say something that I thought was a, a kind of a telltale. Uh, he mentioned that he wished that the indictments never came down. Now that's kind of a double-edged oh, sword yeah. because I, I think what he means is the indictments were horrible to see happen. That's side one of the sword. Side two is it effectively slayed his candidacy because as soon as Trump was indicted and this lawfare became abundantly clear to everybody, it almost seems like a lot of people have rallied to Trump as kind of a, you know what? He has been treated unjustly. I'm going to stand oh, with bingo. my God. You're 100% correct. 100% correct. And, and you know, when you get in the race, if you're a Governor DeSantis and you're trying to make a decision in the spring of 2023, you don't know how the environment's going to unfold, right? If, if you want to win the race, you've got to be there when they round the last poll to see if you can get to the finish line first. And, and he was there. And, um, but I believe, I agree with you. I don't think there's a single thing. There should be no recriminations in this race in the DeSantis camp, because this didn't turn out to be winnable in light of the environment. Um, we were offended at the lawfare directed at Trump, you know, and so people are voting sympathetically here. They feel like um, because he's the one taking the most shots uh, that he's the the best warrior. He's not. I mean, much better to have somebody who can carry the fight for eight years, for example. But that's not what the Republican voters have decided to do. And um, and they're they're going to stick with the one in the arena um, right now. And and, you know, the New York indictment is baloney, a left wing judge. You heard it from me first. Here you go, guys. A left wing judge will dismiss those charges before they go to trial. They're so bad. They literally made up a new crime and then charged Trump with it 34 times. The bigger problem for Trump are the is the documents case where he gave lawyers false information to give to the grand jury. It's the old case of the cover up is worse than the crime kind of a thing. I, I tell people there are three and a half BS indictments. It's that half of that indictment that is really problematic. But if he wins the presidency, he'll undoubtedly pardon himself. And I'm not kidding about that. Um, I think any of the Republicans probably would have ended up doing that. I think that, um, you know, it, there's a case to be made for anybody who wins the, the race to do that. Uh, I personally believe that the way to achieve justice, including in circumstances involving pol political figures, is everybody gets prosecuted for everything. Um, and and then, then we actually are upholding the law. You don't pick and choose. And look, Trump let Hillary off the hook. Days after the last campaign, he said, oh, she's a nice lady. We never meant that. Uh, we were never going to do that. Um, so, you know, he picked and chose and the other side goes a different direction. They play different and he's learning that the hard way. But I agree with you 100 percent. It created a sympathy factor, um, a victimization opportunity, if you will. And he seized on it, raised money on it, got tons of news. He was, as you all saw, he'd go to court when he didn't need to go to court because yeah. he knew the cameras would be there. It's tens of millions of dollars of free media generating more sympathy with the Republican voter base. And that worked. Yeah, it's 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 somewhat brilliant. Uh, you got to admit, but it's also sort of an open goal. It's 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 pretty amazing. And you're right. I, I wouldn't mind 
process crimes um, and cases going full spectrum if they were treated like process yes. crimes instead of like high felonies. You know, I'd love to know what kind of problems there are in the legal and political processes. I feel like that would be a much more transparent and American America, but obviously that's not where we're at right now. Maybe that can change, but I got to ask you, you know, as um, you've performed the duties of uh, Deputy Secretary of Homeland Security from 2019 to 2021, we've talked about this before, and you're <laughs> very passionate about the border issue, and you're yeah. always very good at explaining Ron DeSantis's position on the border. And in the past, you've told us about times when you've gone to Donald Trump and said, hey, this needs to be addressed, and you weren't really happy with the uh, outcome or lack of outcome, perhaps. Right. Um, what do you think? What are you seeing um, now as you look forward in this regard? We've got about two minutes left, a little less than two minutes. But what are you seeing looking forward for Donald Trump and the kind of advice that you used to give him and the kind of advice that Ron DeSantis would be giving him if he would take it moving forward and he took the presidency? Look, I, I, I can only hope he hasn't taken any positions. For example, I have not seen a clear intent on Trump's part to go after the cartels. I mean, even Nikki Haley followed Ron DeSantis on that point. Um, I have not heard a commitment to use the military on the border to close the, the border in between the legal ports of entry, like Ron DeSantis committed to doing. Um, and I mean, that's how you really stop the illegal entries. And, um, and then, and you know, everybody coming into your country as well, which is what we call a secure border. Um, is knowing everybody coming in and rejecting many right there at the border. I, I just haven't heard those kinds of commitments from him uh, in this campaign even. Now, we were talking here, much of his campaign hasn't been about issues for Trump. Yeah. Uh, I would disagree earlier, DeSantis, on things like the debt, where Trump ran up a lot of national debt, and DeSantis has cut Florida's debt. Um, protecting life, tra the transgender issue, uh, being tougher on immigration. There are a lot of differences, policy differences, even if um, some of the policies are the same between DeSantis and Trump. Uh, you know, that is, that's a difference, I think, that we'll see if Trump moves to occupy that space. I hope he will. I hope he will. I, all of the transition teams that really two conservative transition teams working to prepare for the possibility of a Republican president. And of course, if that's going to be a Republican now, it looks like it'll be Donald Trump. Um, yeah, Ken, Ken, they're, we got, they're prepared we, we to got, be more aggressive. That's right. And we got to wrap it right there. I just want to thank you for everything that you've done, you know, especially here at State of the Nation and for Mr. DeSantis. You're great. We hope to have you back on again real soon here on State of the Nation at TNT.